Welcome to the Keelhauled Podcast. I'm the voice of Sea of Thieves, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news for you. So tie yourself to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, I have a very special episode. We are at the uh, week four for the gold hoarder or the the hoarder hunt mystery, but we don't have the answer yet. Nobody has won that yet. So sit back, relax while I have for you none other than George Orton, who is one of the developers over at Rare. He has helped with a lot of the tall tales originally in the uh, Sea of Thieves when it first came out. Um, he is a fantastic football player or soccer ball player, depending on where your where your uh, allegiances lie on that whole uh, situation as far as like you know are you are you pro football or are you pro soccer player it doesn't matter it's all the same sport but the nice thing is is that he uh went and organized with uh in conjunction with all of the studios that are in the uk well not all of the studios most of the studios that are in the uk uh for a special effect a one big day uh special match it was 24 hours of constant football it was industry-wide didn't matter what studio they were from um and george who uh, funny enough being a designer had designed all of this to uh work together seamlessly there was a bunch of teams it was a fantastic day there was a ton of money raised for special effect and i can't wait to find out what the uh, next year's goal is going to look like um i got a chance to sit down and and chat with him for a while and i wanted to just kind of focus on this because uh it's not too often that companies have an opportunity to make a big impact not just with the games they're making but with the communities and the charities that are surrounding them special effect has had a lot of uh, uh, con uh connections with rare over the years and it's fantastic to see that kind of follow through with them uh wanting to do something for special effect beyond just you know the the expected kind of like cosmetics for sale things like that so this was a fantastic uh interview it was a fantastic day um i learned a lot about football and we had such a good conversation so i can't wait for you to hear about that uh, but before we do that i gotta thank the patrons but before i get into any of that i have to thank the patrons they're the ones that went over to patreon.com forward slash keelhauled podcast just like you can to support this content if you're enjoying what i'm doing and you like the interviews that i'm doing uh, if you want to hear from SOT Fest and Festa Legends, those are all things that I'm going to be working on this summer. It's going to be a very busy summer for me. So anything that can go towards helping me uh, do things like that is always appreciated. Take care of yourself first, but I have to thank the patrons that are uh, signed up right now. So thank you to People's Republic, L-Cute, Balls, Bam Bam Bagel, Captain Chonky, Chateau Neuf, Super Pack, Zombie Killer, Cloud, Cosmic Johnson, Static Mir, Davram TV, El Jefe Esteban, Fergatron, Godhammer 6, Trickster, Jabaro 5, Jorby Jorbs, Carl Embo, Kazia the Aficionado, Nightstar, Lumpy SRQ, Evil Morpheus, Michael V, Xbox Mike 29, Murphy Lives, Mutinous Max, Norwegian, Regis uh, Stella, Raja the Brave, Replicated Flame, Rust Bell Kid, Skamelt 666, Captain Dasm, Tommy D, TN Professor, Real Big Tuna, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, Captain J Rat of the Flaming Cold Sore, The Lore Chronologist Dead Eye Dre, Heger Owl, Jeff H, Ghost Boy 20, Evil Martha, Peter Miller, 
Ruski Doo, Thor Von Blitz, Windsor Chris, and Zam Wow. Thank you all so much for your love and your support. And just a heads up, if you didn't know, there is in the Discord a uh, Diablo 4 clan for the Keelhauled community. So if you happen to be playing, uh, like uh, uh, we've got Chateau Neuf in there. I know that we've got um, Lieutenant Lunatic. Uh, there's a few other folks that I know are playing. So if you want to join up, that's always an opportunity. Just search for Keelhauled and you'll find the clan. Uh, and I'll definitely get you an invite out for that. So hope you guys are enjoying your time in hell or sanctuary, wherever you plan to be. But let's get into the interview. Hi, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I am very well. Thank you. Get that set up. Good. Good. Awesome. Yeah. I don't know what to expect from this. I'm a little nervous. No, nah, I don't. I just wanted to hang out with you, honestly. <laughs> as, as long as I got an opportunity to uh, chat with you. Honestly, dude, I'm just so impressed with. Um, with all of the the one big game thing that I was just like, dude, this is like such a cool thing to do. Like I like I don't see this too often with game studios or people in game studios. Like I think Obsidian is one of the other Microsoft studios that I see that has like a regular like they do like a Wednesday charity stream. Like and, and that's like yeah. one of their favorite things is they they'll play like grounded or something else. But that's it. But like this is like a huge deal. <laughs> and the fact that you pulled it off is is insane. So that's what I really wanted to just kind of pull you in for is just be like, dude, how, like, why, like all the, all the, the, you know, the big questions about like. All, all the questions we're still asking ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so, but first off, uh, how are you doing, man? How, how have things been? Yeah, really good. Yeah. Like life on, on Sea of Thieves is is going great honestly like there's so many exciting things in the work the team are uh running at full speed which is oh, just an amazing environment to to be in like surrounded by creative people who are in the flow is is super cool um, and then yeah we're getting to play football pretty regularly which is <laughs> which is always nice how are you doing i'm good it's been it's been a crazy like it's just been a crazy year so far for for games in general but i mean like the the community they surprised me uh recently like because I, I don't know about you if you're a huge zelda fan or not but i'm a huge zelda fan so yes. th they surprised me with one of these guys because i was planning on Yo. i was planning on like I, i've got sot fest like locked and loaded like i've got my tickets i've got the the like the transportation set up the hotels are covered like i'm ready to go for this trip i want i want to hit up both and uh so they 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 realized like i had canceled the pre-order for the collector switch because i wanted to um i wanted to like have the money for for the trips so they went and yeah. got me one and i was just like what <laughs> so That's amazing. it's crazy but um yeah i just uh the whole mystery thing has been fantastic been diving into that like the first week yeah. was so cool and i and i can imagine coming from like an escape room background you've probably had a pretty good time like looking and seeing like what the different puzzles are and what's coming up and stuff and have you had any any work on that is that been any, something you've been diving into or is that kind of outside your preview purview and you've just kind of been like seeing all the the magic happen yeah i've actually not been involved in that at all oh, wow. um so like that's been handled by another team internally at rare and i've got to kind of experience that um uh, as a as a player like i've been lurking cool. in various corners of the internet <laughs> like watching people um solve these and mm -hmm. like it's been more 
akin to like watching because when i did the escape room stuff uh as well as building them like i used to run the games for folks and then when the team of people are in there you go behind the curtain and and on a camera kind of watch people yeah so it's been more like that like oh i think they're making a mistake (laughs) there and oh why are they doing this and but like to see the community talking about it so much and to see people theorizing alongside like i know uh becky and joe from rare in the community have been having a like jumping in because a lot of us don't know anything like yeah it's been really cool to really cool to see this one yeah yeah really it's it's so funny because i I really don't care about like, like actually winning. I've just been having so much fun, like bouncing ideas off of people and, and like trying to push things forward and just trying to come up with, with ways to, to figure out, like, I've learned so much about ciphers in the last week. It's insane. I feel like my <laughs> mind has been melting off of, off of looking at symbols and letters yeah. and trying to understand it. Like I'm starting to see words and symbols and I'm like, this is getting, this is getting crazy. I got to step away for a little bit, but yeah, I've been having a good time with that. But, um, but I wanted to to bring you in like to, to kind of talk about one big game because like we like I've been kind of thinking in my head, this is like we're I'm used to rare kind of doing charity sales. Like charity sales are kind of like the go to for for a lot of the different uh, charity work that rare does. And charity is something that is kind of uh, like on the same level of of uh, importance when it comes to to delivering a good game experience for rare it feels like it's it's deep rooted in in the community and in the um i can't think of the word but it's like a uh, uh craig duncan always has like the 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 mantra it's like on one of the walls there as far as like what rare is and what it stands for and stuff and it's and it feels like charity is is deeply rooted in that um so i wanted to bring you on because you've 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 been playing football but is is has football always been like a thing that is like because i feel like you're really proficient at it but is that something you've been doing like all your life uh well i'll i'll take really proficient as as a compliment um, <laughs> i have like i love i adore football yeah um specifically playing it like mm-hmm. it's it is a sport i've i've grown up with i've never i never really played as part of a team when i was growing up um it used to be something we did on the playground at school or kind of mm. on the street when we when we got home from school rather than like oh on saturdays i go to training and sunday we play a game like i've never kind of have lived that and then um at university played in a five aside league with like some of my friends um mm-hmm. kind of fell in love with uh, like real genuine team spirit and sense of like doing something together and overcoming a challenge and and even the competitive nature of it um yeah so yeah like always always loved the the game um and to come to rare which is a studio which has its own football pitch i'm not going to say that was top of the reasons uh that i joined but certainly when i was when i was kind of before i had my interview i gave the place a quick quick look on google maps and i was like is that a football pitch i was like okay well <laughs> we need to make we need to make this happen um so yeah to come to rare and, and meet so many so many great footballers and have a chance to to kind of set up that or not set up that team like football at rare existed way before before i was here but to step into that team and experience what it's like to to play amongst friends um is is just it's just the most addictive feeling like 
there's a way um like i've got a really cheesy way of describing why i love it um and this uh, like this honestly it's we have these moments when we're building sea of thieves when we're chatting about other projects when we're like um like whether it's yeah when you're laughing and joking with your mates down the pub but specifically on the football pit have you seen like films like pitch perfect or tv shows mm-hmm. like yeah. You know, in those like musical shows where in the in that world the characters start singing together, but mm-hmm. it's in that world it's unrehearsed, it's unprompted, but they're just kind of feeling a vibe and they're all on beat, on rhythm, perfectly pitched with each other, and they're improving a song. Like playing football gives me that like hairs stood on end all my days where we're doing this like Aww. level of of teamwork and it that is such an addictive feeling when it obviously when it goes well but even when it doesn't <laughs> right like the rare football team has been through a lot uh even in my short stint here um we we've seen it all but it's just an addictive feeling like that's cool playing with your friends and and yeah and specifically getting better at things like improving alongside friends sorry that's a really rambly so no, that's it, it, i i know how you feel because it's it's a sense of of passion that you have with others yeah. and and when you when you find kindred spirits like that it's so much fun just to to cuz it feels like you are just kind of jamming together like you're just in the moment jamming you're just enjoying exact, it yeah jamming is the exact right word yeah like the exact right word and it's great to have that alongside other people who've been playing football their whole lives um but one of the most valuable things to me about football at rare alongside all the amazing things that it's enabled with charity is how like how it brings people together across the studio mm. like on our five aside kick around tonight where we just it's just us we go to a pitch and we we play five aside mm. there are folks there who dabbled with football like myself for their whole lives there are folks there who've been in teams since they were young kids and are very very good at football and there are people who play with us who literally had never kicked a football until mm-hmm. they came to uh, kick around on a Tuesday night with the rare squad. And everyone approaches it with the same attitude. Everyone kind of jumps in and looks out for each other. Um, and it's just a super valuable sort of team experience, studio-wide, mm. basically. That's really cool. So you, you brought up um, the, the charity aspect of, of it. And I, I wanted to ask, Special Effect has been... Uh, I know Becky, you know, came from special effect yeah. and, and special effect beforehand had been closely tied to a lot of the work that uh, Rare has done in the past. Um, for you, was that kind of the natural pick for the one big game? And and if so, is, is there a reason why special effect in particular? Yeah, so special effect was was the natural pick. Um, we had done football things with them in the past, even before I was here. They've been, they they themselves as a charity are always running uh, five-a-side tournaments and stuff. So oh. already within the studio, there's like a connection between special effect and, and football. That doesn't mean special effect means football. Um, <laughs> and I always say like there are a million ways to to raise money and awareness for charities. It doesn't always have to be football. It just happens that football is what I know. So that's yeah. how like I choose to do it. Um so yeah, folks who've who've been running rare football before me um have always supported special effect. The studio's got a massive involvement with special effect. Um and it's because the work they do is so genuinely life changing um mm. for the people they do it for. It's obviously um very closely related 
uh, to the work we do at Rare. Like we make games and they make sure that everyone who can or as many people who can play games like um so it's incredibly empowering for us to be able to support them um in that mission uh so yeah it, it, honestly we we didn't really think about it and it like one big game itself evolved from the previous iteration of football which was the l game Pasico, which was the rare versus playground match and that evolved in itself from like the fifa tournament that we had or the FIFA match that we had against Playground during lockdown. Like it was, it all kind of stemmed from like that one silly idea to play some FIFA against another game studio. And we're like, well, let's, let's do some good with this. Um, yeah. And it's kind of, yeah, snowballed into, into a certainly a UK wide games industry, thing, which is, which is really cool. And, and it, creates a ton of connections for special effects um and it creates a ton of like awareness because that's they're they're always telling us though um like obviously like they speak to the work they do um better than i do like we support them 100 percent. but they're always saying awareness is as important as any funds raised like the more people who are talking about special effects um the better it is for them so to have yeah. any opportunity to to do that is sort of massive um and we'll continue to do that going forward. Oh, that's awesome to hear. And yeah, no, I, I, it's, it's great to see that they're constantly championing the opportunity for everyone to be able to play games, which is kind of at the heart of Microsoft gaming, uh, in, in, at, in general, the more people play, the more we have fun. Um, and I, so it's, it's interesting to kind of talk about the history of, of one big game because you're, it was interesting to learn that it kind of started off from lockdown and just two studios playing FIFA on online and then evolving into the actual in, in game football and then opening it up to all of the studios in the UK to, to come and participate and and to do this over the course of 24 hours seems like a, a monumental effect. So can you, can you tell me about some of the, the difficulties of, of trying to, to manage so many different studios with all of the different people also while broadcasting it for 24 hours straight and and like how how is that as far as like you being the person that's kind of uh championing this cause uh yeah that like you called it a monumental sort of effect that i think you could also translate that as a a ridiculous idea um <laughs> like it, it was it was it was big. Um, thankfully, I was nowhere near on my own in doing this. There's an incredible team of folks, both within Rare and outside of Rare, um, who made this possible. Uh, had like a really close unit of folks in Rare um, that supported the whole thing. Um, and then a couple other people from Special Effect themselves, like we talked to them on an almost weekly basis um, and certainly did so in the build up to this. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty big. Um, it all started with a post-it note. Um, like <laughs> Joe Joe Neat, uh, who's the exec producer on Sea of Thieves, as I'm sure you know. Um, Heard of him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, he's a shy fella. Um, but yeah, Joe, Joe and I were kind of in a room. This is having just played the, the first real-life football match against Playground. Mm. And we were like, that was great. That was so much fun. It's a shame that we lost. Um, but it was yeah. so much fun. Um, how do we do it? What like what do we do next? And that's that's like just our attitude at rare often is like we've done yeah. something really great. What's next? Um and we put a load of post-it notes on the board, not 
most of them weren't even football related at that point. They were like oh. various different ideas of things we could do to to further oh. support special effects. It was just like, what's the next big thing? Um, and then I I've had an idea in my head since since I joined Rare, maybe before that. Like I'd love to play football for twenty four hours. Like I'd love <laughs> to see I'd love to see if that is even humanly possible. Um, so I just put it, I put that post-it note up on the board, um, and Joe didn't say no. And then here we are, we kind of did it. No, you guys killed it. There's a ton of steps in between. Um, but yeah, it was honestly from, from Joe, Craig and Harriet at Rare, like Mm -hmm. fully embracing the idea that we were going to go and do this through to special effects supporting us with all their contacts because they often had more contacts than we did across the uk games industry because of all the other fundraising they've done yeah through to even um Manesh, who, uh, well, Manesh and all the match officials, but Manesh kind of organized all of the referees and match officials, like the way they threw themselves into this ridiculous challenge of, of <laughs> running a football match for 24 hours. Um, Amanda and everyone at St. George's Park, like every step of the way, we were very conscious that this was an idea that no one had done before, certainly to our knowledge, and that every person we were asking to help Mm-hmm. I'd never done anything like this before. And we were so lucky and so grateful that every person um, involved in the organization and involved in the participation, like all the studios and all their representatives, every person we spoke to was like, this sounds bonkers. Let's do it. And we <laughs> found a way to to make it happen. It was super empowering, like a, yeah. a super exciting uh, challenge to overcome. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. The so I, w- I would imagine you're you're talking to special effect as far as them knowing so many studios and, and being able to uh, to bring them in on it. Uh, were there? Did you get an opportunity to really kind of jump in with uh, some of the other team members from different studios to talk about games, or like did that come up, or was it nothing but football, just focusing on that, <laughs> keeping the team separate? Like, was there anything involved you, like, with that? In the, in the build up, or or like because uh, during the day we were chatting to everyone there yeah. was like a real like a genuine real community spirit around the whole thing like some of the teams um who who were playing in the the dead of night mm-hmm. had got a hotel on site at st george's park so they'd come and watch the other games and then go back to bed for a bit and then come and play and then go back to bed and then come and watch like you'd see the same faces coming in and out of the room the whole time yeah um everyone was so supportive and honestly, like we we really tried to push the the sort of atmosphere of the event to being more friendly than it was competitive. Like we wanted it to be a competition. Don't get yeah. me wrong, um, <laughs> but but we were really keen to be like it's a charity match. Everyone is coming here to to do something silly and have a great time doing it uh, at a venue. Like for those that don't know, we played at St George's Park, which is the home of uh, like the England national teams like it's where the national teams train uh it's where all of the like big names English footballing stars have played on that pitch so to get to go there and experience like the changing rooms the facilities that they've used like the hospitality the 
the generosity of the folk organizing it and do it all for in the name of such a great charity was like embraced by everyone and you could whether you were on the pitch or on the sidelines you could feel you could feel the excitement of the whole day like everyone was buzzing people were cheering each other along um we had nick and liam from special effect they were there for the full kind of 24 hours liam played in a couple of the matches um did really well um finally got his goal um (laughs) And they were chatting to everyone. So like the whole day just, just felt amazing. And then to come away having raised, um, I think we, yeah, I think we ticked over 30,000 pounds, uh, like a week ago or something. So to raise yeah. that figure, um, because some game devs kicked a ball around is like, <laughs> is, is, is brilliant. Um, yeah, it was great. The atmosphere was great. And that's so cool. And and you talked about Liam getting to, to play in a few matches, but you played in a fair few matches yourself. So I was wondering if if um, you could kind of share your thoughts and your experience on what it was like playing in like why did you go for so many matches first off, uh, but also uh, like like did you did you always plan on that like were you planning to to play as much as possible I know you mentioned the post it note and and if it was humanly feasible but like did you plan on playing so much Yeah, I wanted to play for the full twenty four hours at what at what at one point um some some wiser folk uh close to me informed me that that was probably a bad idea mm. um but I, like <laughs> i wanted to play as much as possible like i like i've said already i'm completely addicted to the feeling of playing football with with friends and even like with people who aren't yet friends like i played uh in the first game of the day like the special effects team i did 20 minutes for them and i'd never met any of them before but to get on and like kick the event off with those folk and like we'll do the same again next year and we'll all catch up and like we're all chatting to each other still like it's it's great um but yeah playing in as many games as possible um was was always part of my plan and I'm incredibly lucky that, that I managed to get through it. I can't fully remember the whole event, um, but that's probably because I didn't sleep for probably a total of 40 odd hours from start to finish. Yeah. Um, so it, a lot of it is a blur, but luckily it was all on Twitch. So I can go yeah. back and see what I was doing during that blur. Well, you, you you killed it at the on the last match. I gotta say, like I was I I taken like an eight hour stint uh, to sleep. I'd been watching the whole thing like start to finish, except for the eight hours um, where I was I, I had to go to get some sleep. Uh, yeah. But that last match was was just absolutely amazing. It was just it was a really like I, I I went into soccer having played a little bit as a kid uh, on a team for like, you know, for my dad wanted me in sports and stuff. So I played, you know, I was stuck in goalie for a long time because that was where I was. He I was told I was good. I shouldn't be running that much. You're a hero. If no. you play goalkeeper, you're a hero, <laughs> honestly. An absolute anyone who voluntarily or like who chooses to go in goal has done all of their teammates an incredible favor. Every goalkeeper is a hero in my eyes. The sacrifice. Um, So but I I mean, outside of that, like I I was probably too young to really understand the rules, but I understood what goalie was. And I knew that that was the one thing I could I could do. So going into the one big match and watching the 24 hours, I think I've learned more about especially just kind of like football in general, because to me, it's always been soccer. Uh, But to learn about like football and like offsides and man of the match. And there's just there's so many like 
little little uh, uh, like little terminologies that I, I was unaware of. And having watched close to 24 hours of it, I was like, I felt like I came away with a little a, a lot more experience and a lot more knowledge. And I've kind of enjoyed watching football as as a result. Um, so I'm, I'm really kind of surprised, but that last match, like you, you really killed it. I think he got a hat trick, uh, for sure on that last one. Um, but I think it, I think it was five goals. Yeah, it was no. Yeah, it wow. was, it was five foot. <laughs> Humble brag. Not that, not that anyone was counting. No not one was, no one was keeping track of who, who was making those. <laughs> um, it was, I'm sure you could probably review the footage later on, but yeah, five, five goals in that last match. He absolutely killed it. And, and this was after, like you mentioned, not having any sleep at all for pr- at least 40 hours. Definitely the 24. Uh, I know that the commentators throughout the night were like, yeah, no, he's still up. We're not sure how or, or why, but he's still up and he's still walking around talking to people and stuff. So what what does it feel like to, to know like the last match of of this charity event is the one that you're just absolutely killing it on? And you've you've probably showing everyone just like how much fun you can have and that you can push and push and push yourself to do more than you think you can uh even when you think like you're you're at you're you're at the end uh i honestly i don't know because i don't i genuinely don't remember much (laughs) that match at all um during for starters the only reason i did anything in that game is because of the team who were around us Mm. like the rare football team at the moment the folks who played in that last game, the folks who played in the games, both with like the joint and versus playground matches, everyone involved with rare football at the moment is like among my favorite people in the world. We have such a close kind of knit group of of folks um, from across the studio, all sorts of disciplines, experience levels, everything. Um, And the only reason that game, that last game was so much fun is because I was on the pitch with my friends. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who scores. It doesn't matter who assists. Like, we were out there (laughs) having a laugh. Um, and yeah, like we, obviously we went out to, to try and, to try and win. Um, and I think, I think this was true for everyone on there. Like I certainly wasn't the only person playing in that rare team who was on tired legs. Half of our squad at that point had played in at least one, if not two or three other matches. Yeah. Um, during the night, during the day, night, it was a long event. <laughs> um, like we were all tired, but when it gets to the end of something, like when you've been working incredibly hard, like the re- we'd done some extra training in the build up to it to try and get a little bit fitter, get to know each other. When you've been working to- towards something for so long, like you must have felt this yourself in terms of like sometimes like deadlines are approaching or projects are coming, but like you're tired, you're tired, you're tired, you're tired. And then all of a sudden, like the last 10% happens and you're like you're just a bundle of energy it was Mm -hmm. just that last match was pure excitement um so that's a credit to everyone who played football with rare everyone on the pitch that side our opposition in that match um ripstone honestly was a joy to share the pitch with them like it was a super competitive game for most of the game i think i don't think the scoreline was fair to them at all they had some quality players like throughout the pitch they were also all lovely folks on the pitch. Like we spend what what it's hard for the stream to pick up is that yeah. most of the time you're chatting to people. Mm-hmm. Like it's easy to think on the stream that, oh, there are 22 people out there, 11 on each side, and they're just working against each other and not really talking. 
Mm-hmm. But like, if an opposition team member is near me, I'm always ha- we're like we're always having a chat. We're always talking to each other. Like it's always super really? friendly. And that was across the ho- the whole team. Like honestly, Ripstone were the perfect folks to to finish one big game with because they came and they gave us a proper game. They took it mm. the perfect level of serious, but they also knew that we were there for a laugh. Um, yeah. And yeah, like it it was a blur, but it, it was a lovely way to, <laughs> to end the day. So so looking forward to next year, you, you talked about wanting to to you know, what can you do next year? I'm sure you've probably already had these these talks. Uh if not, you're probably doing them soon with with Joe for another another uh post-it note session. So Looking forward to next year, like one one big game was 24 hours just in the UK. There's there's conversations about trying to get other studios in the US involved, uh, you know, speculation. You know, can you can you tease anything about what's coming in, in next year or what what some things, some goals that you hope to uh, to accomplish uh, as uh, far as like charity wise or, or uh, uh, like stretch of, of uh, where where these games are happening? Yeah, like we know we're onto something really special with mm. one big game um, in terms of the format, in terms of how it brings people together, both on the pitch and at home. Like the the little bits of the stream that I've watched back, the Twitch chat actually blew me away with how positive everyone was. Like yeah. there were some concerns throughout that like, or in, there was concerns in the buildup that because it's the internet, who knows which way this is going to go. And because it's football mm-hmm. and football can, folks who enjoy football can often get quite passionate and quite expressive with how they feel about the football that's being played. Yeah. Um, but honestly, the like everyone at home and on a pitch embraced it in the in the perfect way um so we know we're onto something special um so in that regard the pressure is kind of off in terms of making it bigger mm-hmm. i don't think one big game 2024 will be a quote bigger event we're not going to go away and go oh well we've done a day <laughs> let's do a week because um, i don't think that's good i don't think that's good for anyone um what's what we do want to do is ensure as many people as possible can take part. So um, I'm going to say a load of stuff now and I'm going to hope it all comes true. Um, <laughs> we'll have to revisit but, in a year. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would love for us to get back up to the 24 participating teams that we originally planned um, mm. because we dropped to 22 uh because of some logistic stuff um i'd also love to have more studios involved in general like it was great that rare got to play in a few matches um but if we can take away one of those rare teams and replace it with someone else from the games industry and give them a chance to join in and bring with them their players their fans their employees like i think that's an incredibly valuable thing to do um there's a ton of logistics stuff that is too boring to talk about (laughs) too boring to talk about here that we know we can get better we know we can do the stream side of things better and more effectively Mm -hmm. um so next year is going to be more about about one big game but better um because we've kind of proven that it can work now that was half the battle of this one was like when you ask someone to take part in it they're like what is it what are you talking about whereas yeah. next year it'll be like we've already done this um we just want to do it loads better again um that being said that will cover next year we do have plans for potentially more expansive ideas you've alluded to some yourself 
Like there oh, I'm, are, I'm not going to beat around the bush. <laughs> there are certainly other parts of the world, um, and we know football is a game that's enjoyed across the globe. Um, yeah, I think it would be amazing at some point to get to get this further afield um, and and kind of embrace the sort of global nature of football alongside the global nature of of the games industry and embrace the good that those two incredibly powerful sort of movements can do whether it's for special effects or any other charities globally right like there's a ton yeah. of good you could do with with something that has the potential to snowball like this so we have we have some ideas um i'm not going to reveal them all just now um <laughs> because they are again suitably uh daft so we need to make sure that they're pitched in the in the right way um but yeah like you're not wrong to call out that other people would like to play um, yeah. i like we'll see what we can do about that next year i suspect it will be limited because we we've got a year to do that and we mm. want to make sure it's done right um but it's certainly uh in our minds when we think about sort of potential future for for an event like this yeah i i know that at least here in the states um football oddly enough soccer is not as popular as something like our american football or or like basketball or even baseball for that matter um it's all seem to be very a lot more popular compared to like football is as like an international sport uh but i know there's there's uh able gamers fantastic charity that yeah. I, I would love to have uh american companies so do you know if any of uh, what you've been doing with One Big Game um, has has kind of gone up the food chain as far as like heading up to Microsoft and having someone like Phil Spencer uh, kind of take a look at that and see what what can be done across with <clears throat> at least some of the uh, studios that are that are based here in the states? Is any of that kind of conversation transpired, or is that something that? That you're looking to do honestly i don't know i mm. doubt i doubt it um this has kind of been driven at a like it's more of a personal thing like it doesn't necessarily need driving up a food chain it, what what events like this need are people who love the idea and mm -hmm. that's not to say that folks up the food chain don't we've certainly had support from folks within xbox who i would never have expected to even know that an event like this is going on and they've jumped in and, and lent a hand in ways that were we are incredibly grateful for oh um, that's cool but it's also like crucial that this doesn't become an xbox thing like it's not xbox is one big game it's one big game and it's a games industry wide event to raise money for charities that have no affiliation to any individual yeah. publisher or studio or like platform um and it's important that it that it stays that way um so the future of it certainly whether it's stateside or whether it's uh in other areas of the world like we from with our plans for how we think we might approach other areas of the world in terms of roping them in we have some ideas of who we'd need to talk to to make that happen yeah but in in the same breath like if people in those areas want to make something like this happen mm -hmm. just give it a go um <laughs> Just like it. it's hard and you'll need connections and you don't need connections you'll need to make connections mm -hmm. but honestly like it doesn't need to be massive like go and play a game of football with some friends and like 
sponsor yourselves and play it for five hours. Like five hours is still a ridiculous amount of time to play football for. Like these events don't need to be huge and like Twitch streamed and involve like celebrities, the likes of Joe Neat in order to be a massive success. <laughs> they need to be like just having people passionate about what they're doing and who they're doing it for is the most important thing. Like I said, we started out because we tweeted Ralph to try and wind him up a little bit in order that he'd play football with us because we were bored during lockdown. Mm -hmm. And then we were like, I think the idea might have come from Ralph actually to stream it and make it uh special effects thing and then it snowballed into this industry-wide thing like the best thing to do if folks want to try something like this is just start something um but yeah like that's really cool we have we have plans on some of this stuff but that shouldn't let anyone else stop themselves from doing their own thing yeah i, I love the call out and the correction uh about making it a games industry event and not a, a an xbox specific one because I, I i tend to lean more towards xbox just due to the nature of, of my preferences um but i love seeing when ceos or, or presidents or, or the the higher ups can rally behind a cause and really kind of push for other studios to be involved with it but i do love the idea of of having the inclusion of of all of the different studios across the game industry and that it's something that, that it shouldn't be just one ecosystem. It should be yes. everyone's ecosystem. So everyone appreciates the same way everyone can enjoy games or we strive to have that. Um, the better bonds and relationships that you can build between studios that that work on games for multiple systems or so singular singular systems, the more conversations that can be had there, I think the better relationships you can build, the more ideas you can bring in, the more minds you bring to stuff. It always enriches, you know, it's it's always kind of trying to enrich the pool of knowledge and bringing in people for causes like special effect for 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 other charity events and things like that, that you start to kind of find people in those those different pockets of of the game industry that you normally wouldn't have talked to because you don't necessarily work on the same projects or in the same genre of projects even and I, I really love that i think that that's something that i i, I wish i had thought of <laughs> when coming up with the questions but i really appreciate that that feedback i think it's i think it's fantastic that's um, cool like it's it's a habit to to get into yeah yeah we all we all love playing whether it's football or video games we all love playing yeah and i think that's I think that's what it really comes back to is just having a passion for something, recognizing that and seeing how you can take that and help others with it, uh, which yeah. seems seems to be a lot of what games and, and charities like Special Effect do um, with stuff. So uh, speaking of, of being passionate and with that, um, I wanted to ask, because you've helped design a lot of stuff in Sea of Thieves. Um, you, you came from a, a very interesting background. You moved into uh, working on games. Uh, and I know I, I remember the day when Mike Chapman had had specifically talked about how they brought in someone specifically to help design tall tales in uh, in the puzzles within those. Um, so I wanted to ask you, uh, of all the stuff that you've kind of designed, is there anything that you want to showcase or anything that you're exceptionally proud of? Uh, to see in the game or, or to see it launch when it came to the game? Um, it's really hard to pick a specific thing i think mm. we are incredibly lucky or i am incredibly lucky to work amongst the folks that i work with because they're all just silly talented 
mm-hmm. and silly passionate about what they do and totally embrace um like the nature of the game we're building and, and all of the kind of challenges that we need to overcome to do it um so it's hard to pick a any one thing because every, we've been lucky enough that across all of the things that we've shipped over the last five years of cfb um we've overcome completely different challenges with every update we like never really faced the same problem twice we've got we've all become better at dealing with stuff um and coming up with whether it's ideas or solutions but we've also become better at making sure that the team is working in a functional way like that everyone mm. like we've become better at looking out for each other um and building this this, this stuff in a sustainable way um so like I don't know. Is it a cop out to say the thing I'm most proud of is being part of this team? Because it sounds really cheesy, but like honestly, <laughs> honestly, that it's it's the best bit is to to go and it doesn't really matter what we're building. The fact that this team approaches it in the same way with the same fervor every time mm-hmm. is like the most exciting. Um, yeah, I won't I won't say it's a cop out because I <laughs> I I know how you feel. I. Uh, I'm with that with my community. Um, There's so many times and it's always kind of one of those questions that I see uh, bandied about, about like, you know, like, oh, was there a specific moment in Sea of Thieves that really like was memorable? It's like, I've I've had tons of memorable experiences. I've had tons of of times where I've 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 been in fights and I've and I've uh, come away with loot or. You know, there's a, a, something that I had to overcome or there was an aha moment during a, a puzzle that it was just like, oh, it was so cool to, to finally work that out. Um, and, and when it comes down to it, it's like, yeah, I've, I've had a bunch of those. But at the end of the day, all of those really do kind of pale in comparison to just knowing that when I was doing it, I was probably doing it with some of my community members. And those are yeah. those are the times where it's like. It's a blur as far as what we did, but I know I had a good time with the people I was with and that's, that was the takeaway. So I, I won't call that a cop out at all. Excellent. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> so as, as we're kind of like looking to wrap things up here, um, there's a couple questions that I had to ask, but I'm, I'm kind of curious because I know what I've been playing and, and a lot of what I play, I tend to see like, oh man, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to have this uh, but in Sea of Thieves, I'd love to see like what are some of the things that that I played like through Destiny Two uh, or like World of Warcraft. There's there's plenty of things that I've seen, um, especially building around communities. Because at least with with those games, I've had communities uh, that I've been a part of, but also groups of friends that that are are my friends. So, is there anything that that you're currently playing outside of Sea of Thieves? Uh, that you're really enjoying and if so what are some of the things about that that you really are enjoying i mean you are asking me this on the one week where everyone in the world is playing the same (laughs) video game um so let's talk about it um tears of the kingdom is pretty good isn't it oh god it's so good i was worried (laughs) i was worried that i wouldn't have that that sense of exploration but what are you yeah. enjoying about Tears of the Kingdom? Um, I'm really enjoying uh, a couple of things. The community, you mentioned the community yourself around some of the multiplayer games. Like mm. There is a genuine community around Tears of the Kingdom at the moment because of its creation mm-hmm. aspects. Like seeing so many videos, images, clips, stories from like 
colleagues and friends of what people are building and yeah like some of them are elegant and beautiful and some of them are absolute monstrosity but the <laughs> fact that people have built them and they most of the time work is an absolute joy and like i'm really enjoying seeing people express their love for just building stuff mm -hmm. like just taking random bits of stuff and mashing it together and going, oh, this works. Or, oh, this didn't work, but it was hilarious. Like, it's so good to, to see that. And to have that come out of a, a single player game um, mm -hmm. is really cool. Like, really cool that we're all playing in an age where sharing those kind of things is incredibly easy. Um, so that's really cool to, to see. I think you're spot on to, to call out the exploration. Um, I've not, I've certainly not played enough of it to have seen anywhere near the limit of what's in the game. Like I've, I'm yeah. still scratching the surface of the first couple of areas. So big. Um, but uh, won't get into spoilers, but I have seen all the layers um, mm. and that blew me away. Um, right. Like that was incredible. Like the, the way they've expanded upon a world that was essentially a world from a, a previous game, I think is, is yeah. brilliant. Like, and I was reading some interviews with some of the creators and the way they've embraced like the purest form of fun for this one, like mm -hmm. the, the ascend power that you, that you get as part of it. Um, certainly the story I was reading though, don't quote me on this. Um, the story I was reading was that it um that was born out of a debug tool that they'd made for some QA testers to zip around the world a little bit faster. Yeah. And they realized that it was super fun and had incredibly exciting implications for puzzles and solving stuff and moving around that we're like, yeah, why don't we why don't we just make it a feature? And then that like basically bore fruit in that the one of the phrases I saw was one of the quotes that I saw from the creators was sometimes cheating is fun and like that is such a that is such a pure way of just letting the player do all the things that they want to do yeah. um, and the way that certainly in the early stages of the game where i'm at like it it's it's amazing the way that they've allowed players to cheat without completely breaking the game um yeah and that's the that's the tears of the kingdom specific stuff there is still that all of that excitement is still layered upon the genius that was displayed in Breath of the Wild in terms of its exploration. So oh, have yeah. all that in one, in one package is, is stunning. I, yeah. Like, yeah. What are your favorite bits of, of what you've played so far? So there's the speaking in, in, in a very uh, kind of vague way, uh, one of the layers that, that you yes. touched on that was a real expansion to the game, um, that was the lower yes. layer. Yes. There was a thing that came into that that i didn't realize was going to be in there and i chased it for a good 30 minutes trying to see <laughs> where it was going to go because i was just like what is that thing in here for where is it going and i have to find out so i was running around for 30 minutes trying to see where this thing ended up never could not catch it i was i was so close i kept having to deal with different issues down in that layer that kept slowing me down but Man, I chased that thing for a good thirty minutes, and I still, I, I still want to find out where it ever it ended up going out of. But there's, there was a moment when I realized how special this game was because I think I was in like one of the ruins in Hyrule Field, and yeah. there was a well. And wells in Breath of the Wild were a Korok seed. They were, you know, yeah. find yeah, something, yeah, yeah. stick it in the well. That was, that was how you, how you worked out that puzzle. 
in this one, the well was actually a well. There was a hole down yeah. in there. And when I went down in there, there was a story being told that anyone walking by could have ignored, could have missed. And going down in there and finding out that there was a person that had been staying there because it was safe. And they had they had an epiphany down there and it was a sense of exploration that drove them to to leave was so fantastic. And then to realize that I couldn't climb my way out because it was so early in the game. I didn't have enough stamina. I didn't prepare. I didn't even think about it. And I was sitting there like, well, now I'm stuck in here. I don't know what to do. Now you're the person stuck in the well. And then I realized I was like, oh, I have an ability that gets me out of the well. That's right. I can use ascend. So I ascended my way out of the well. But it was one of those moments where a sense of exploration pushed me to do something that I didn't have an answer for. But the game had planned for that. They had given me the tools. I just had to make sure I used the tools in the way that that I wouldn't normally accustom. I'm, I'm not accustomed to using. And, I, and I've discovered that with um, certain fights, too, like a, an, a little yeah. bit of a spoilers. There's a, a talus, uh, which is a rock creature that, that comes out of the ground. And in the first game, you just kind of had to deal with it with shooting the little crystal that's on its on its uh, head. And then you go and you smack the crystal and then eventually it disappears. But in this one, those are a little more protected by the Bokoblin, which are kind of the main enemy that you come across. And finding out that the little structures that they've kind of built on top of the talus are perfect ways to use Ascend to get on top of those platforms to then get to the little crystal yeah. and, and finding a way to stun it by, you know, it usually chucks its arms at you like the big rock arms. It'll it'll kind of using rewind as a way to kind of stun it and yeah. then use Ascend to get on top of those. That little puzzle has not only simplified the fight for those guys uh, significantly for me, but with such a genuine sense of, of uh, beautiful discovery that I was like, I can see that they designed it this way. And I, and I'm, I hadn't actually thought of using rewind on their rock arms. That's really good. Yeah. And it, that's really good. Can I give you another one? Can I spoil it? Oh yeah, please. Go okay. On. So, you know, the, uh, the Octoroks, right? They shoot the, yes. they shoot the little rocks at you famous for, for being in the game and win the bat. Use rewind on those. What it'll oh, do, my they'll drop down. And when rewind hits, when it stops, the rock is right above them. So you click off or rewind, the rock drops, they explode. Oh my days. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. <laughs> I love those moments. Um, because it was a it was a thing where I was like, you know what? I hate these little guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the rock back at them. Because uh, it's always a timing thing, you know. It's always like, okay, well, I gotta dodge the rock, but I gotta shoot them with the arrow because I can't get them pop unless I run over there and cut the little leaf off of their head, and they'll pop up after that. But having that little sense of discovery with playing around with the abilities was so fantastic. It's little things like that that I absolutely adore about this game, and the, and it's those are the things that I loved when first kind of exploring like a tall tale or an island with a riddle and coming across like you know you're you're it, it's it's the exact same feeling i get when i would go to uh an island and i would follow a riddle and then the riddle would tell me the number of steps facing a direction and you would hold up your compass and you would why it's why the compass is one of my favorite items in the game and you would sit there and then you'd pull out your shovel and you'd click in and you'd hit the you'd hit the chest and it's like yes i figured it out I understood what the what the assignment was. I made it to the very end. And there's that small sense of euphoria when you're like, oh, 
Now I get to see what I dug up. And and I love those little moments in Breath of the Wild because they happen all over the time, uh, yeah. over the world and stuff. So I've been I've been loving sound that. design. The sound design as well is stunning. Oh my I god! I spend hours just running in a straight line, listening to my weapon clink against the shield. Yeah, like that that is the purest form of relaxation for me. <laughs> That's your ASMR. I love it. It is. Yeah. There's uh, the Rito Village. Still one of my favorite villages from Breath of the Wild. The best music uh, yeah. ever there. It, it reminds me of Wind Waker and it reminds me of just sailing out on, on Wind Waker and the music that you, that adventurous music that you'd get there. There's, I didn't realize this until, it may have been in Breath of the Wild, but I didn't realize it till Tears of the Kingdom. But when Link is cooking, when the little time that he's he's cooking before it gives you like the little musical note that, that kind of lets you know if you did a good a good meal or a bad meal or an exceptional meal, he hums during that little bit. And the, the notes that he hums are the Orcarina songs from Orcarina of Time. So he'll yeah. go like da 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 da. And I'm like, I know that. And, <laughs> or, or he'll do like da 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 da. And I'm like, ah, that's the song of storms. And he'll, he'll hum these little, and it's like, it's almost like a, like a, a callback. And it's like, if you can, if you can pick it out, you're like, I understand that reference. It's like the Captain America meme, but yeah, yeah. I love those little moments. Like those little, little discoveries that you find in, in Sea of Thieves or, or not Sea of Thieves in um, Tears of the Kingdom are, yeah. are just so, yeah. so well realized, but so subtle that it's, it's easy to overlook. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's a beauty in that subtlety for sure. Yeah, so I'm 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 looking forward to seeing what comes as a result of Tears of the Kingdom because I think everyone kind of looks at like Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts and sees that was the that was the primordial ooze, you know, like Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, uh, you know, crawled so that Tears of the Kingdom could walk, and I'm looking forward to seeing all of the changes that we got with uh, Breath of the Wild across the industry changed a lot of how people thought about how to build games, especially open world games with nonlinear storytelling. I'm interested to see what Tears of the Kingdom does for the game industry in five years after everyone's kind of consumed it and then started to implement it into their gameplay. And I'm curious to see like if Rare looks to use any of the ideas or, or the concepts that come from Tears of the Kingdom in their designs for Sea of Thieves or even in Everwild at this point. Yeah, like it's we are creative at the end of the day. Like you're a creative, I'm a creative, everyone I work with is creative. Like it's impossible not to be influenced by the awesome things you see in the world. Mm -hmm. Some of those are incredible. Video games, movies, songs, TV shows, some of them are amazing moments in life like catching a sunset or scoring a goal in a football match or like <laughs> sharing a pint with friends or something. Like it's impossible not to be inspired by those. And I think like more than any individual mechanic or sort of academic learning that folks can take from from tears of the kingdom like i'd really hope that folks embrace the risk that was taken with tears of the kingdom um to put such bold new things in and like the playfulness with which it was done like you don't have to go and put a building mechanic in your game but you could go away and think about how to approach your game in a slightly different way because the player actually finds it more fun and like those mm -hmm. two things like you could build a game in a way that was that no one is ever going to compare it to tears of the kingdom but they're completely different games 
but you've taken your inspiration because of the folks who made Tears of the Kingdom, took that risk and did so with the love and passion that made it super playful. And I think you're right. Like it's not just Tears of the Kingdom. It's it's a whole ton of the games that are going to come out this year, came out last year. Like it's a great time to be playing video games and it's a great time to be figuring out how to make video games. Because uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone truly understands how to make a video game yet. We're all just kind of muddling our way there. Um, <laughs> but that's the joy of the creative process for me at least. I yeah. Mean, I hope I'm not upsetting people by saying that. But, like, <laughs> what do you mean you don't? No, there would be no fun in doing it if we knew how to do it. Yeah, it would be. It would just be nothing but Flappy Bird. Everyone would just have their own skin <laughs> of Flappy Bird. That would be the ultimate. That would be how to make a game. Um, we, I have, I have to let you go, but there's one question I, I wanted to make sure that I got to you because it's, it's one that is near and dear to my heart, just for my love of films. Uh, but what yes. is your perfect Sunday? My perfect Sunday. That is an excellent question. Um, I would say it has to be in the middle of summer. Like it has to be. We go through all sorts of seasons in this country. Um, <laughs> and the the days over winter where it's dark for most of the time and raining for most of the time, I cannot stand. So that it would have to be a lovely, sunny Sunday. Um, I think we'd start off the morning with a little session of Rocket League uh mm. with the lads uh with my friends from uni um play a bit of rocket league get a bit of that social aspect in uh do a few jobs around the house maybe some gardening build something um because there's a satisfaction in a to-do list um and then as the the afternoon settles in um you've had a wonderful weekend uh probably sit out in the garden stick some music on um and do a bit of prep for the dungeon the Dungeons and Dragons campaign uh, that's ongoing at the moment. And I think, yeah, that would be me, like living in my own little world in a perfect version of the real world. That sounds awesome. That sounds like... How about you? What's your perfect Sunday? My perfect Sunday. Well, a lot of it is dependent on uh, when I start to, or when I wake up, because I, I love sleeping in on my Sundays. Um, yeah. So a, a good a, a good start to a Sunday is around 10 o'clock. I'm, I'm kind of naturally waking up. I don't have any alarms going. I don't have anything, you know, waking, no cats are jumping on me, begging me for, for stuff, <laughs> for attention and stuff, you know. So I just naturally wake up. It's like a nice 76 degrees, which would probably be around like a, a 22, 23 Celsius. Perfect. Um, Perfect. You know, I've, I, I get up, I make a cup of coffee. Uh, I open up the windows um, and I'll sit down, probably just kind of drink coffee. And uh, depending on if if my wife is either out doing something that day or if she's home, sit down, either watch some anime with her for some of the shows that we're watching uh, or I'll pick up a, a game, usually like a single player game, and I'll just kind of chill and uh, just play that for a few hours, go out, maybe check the mail um, decide on lunch, like maybe go out. I'd probably go out, get some lunch, go to like a, a Japanese restaurant, get some, uh, teriyaki chicken on rice with some sauce and, uh, maybe like a nice little bento box. After that, I'd probably go to the mall, walk around, check a couple stores, see if there's anything that's, that's caught, catch my fancy. Um, probably come home, have a nice dinner and, uh, just kind of pass out on the couch. 
Yeah. After that, after, after just having a little bit of exploration. So that's the dream. <laughs> that's the dream. It's just a good, a good day to, to have some, some sort of time where you can live for yourself before yeah. living for others. And yeah. that's, that's what I like about Sundays. You get that one day, Saturday is like the go, go around and do stuff, get everything in order, do the laundry, get the shopping done, you know, get that all taken care of, record podcasts, do streams, things like that. And then Sunday is the, what does Logan want to do kind of day? And then that gets That's me cool. set for, for the Monday. That's cool. I like that. Well, George, I, I really appreciate you wanting to to jump in to do this. Um, you nailed it just like you did with with one big game. I'm super looking forward to what comes next year. Uh, I, I I'm really excited to see what's coming with CTHES. I think we've got some I, uh, complete speculation, but I'm I'm excited to see what's coming in the next month because I I've seen a lot of little things that that might push us to get there, and I think uh, I think I'm really I'm I'm hoping that there's something big for this summer. I think there will usually rare does a pretty good job at putting something out big on the, on the summer and in June and stuff. So I'm excited to have you back in the future to talk about anything you want to talk about. If you want to come back and talk about football, we can talk about football. I can learn what teams are in the UK, <laughs> which ones I should be supporting. Cause I, I know that Craig is, is, is very particular about which team to support. And uh, I don't ever want to be on his bad side. Um, especially <laughs> with the, the guns that he's got rocking. So I'm I'm looking for when are you going to pull your boots on yourself? You mentioned you used to be a goalkeeper. What can we do to inspire you to play football again? It would it would probably be a charity event. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. No, if uh, yeah, if if there was a if there was a charity event that I could get to, and I knew that it was going to be a, a football thing, it would it would probably be it'd probably be something for like special effect or able gamers or uh, my wife does a, a life steps um a nonprofit that she works for so it'd probably be something like but it would it would probably have to be one of those things where i'd, I'd want to jump in with with friends and uh and do that on but yeah it's been a long time and i don't know if my right knee can handle handle a whole lot of running so it definitely <laughs> it would have to be a it would definitely have to be a goalkeeper thing so maybe i can <laughs> Maybe one day I'll be as good as Joe. Who knows? No, oh, what a performance from Joe. We're going to get distracted talking about football again. But what a performance. <laughs> yeah, he did a great job. I uh, he uh, And then he come in later on to do the the commentary, just all around salt of the earth kind of guy. Love love seeing him kind of uh, own up to the uh, to the the fame that he's he's garnered with uh, the Sea of Thieves community. It's been hilarious. Yeah, he's so. brilliant. He'd be massive in making that event happen. That's yeah, cool. We'll have to make. We'll have to make something else happen so that we can see you uh, see your heroics between the sticks, as they say about goalkeepers. Man, calling up the 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 eight year old me who would be that prodigy, <laughs> uh, George. Thank you so much for for taking some time with me today. I, I appreciate you staying up to to kind of hang out and and chat with me. So, um, no, anything? Thank you so much for for having me. Oh, it's been great. Thank no. you so much. Pleasure's all mine. And, and thanks to Christina McGrath, who I would be remiss if I didn't mention was was kind enough to help set this up so that uh, we could record. And uh, hopefully folks are enjoying this. If you if you guys love it, please let me know. Please, please shout out uh, George. George, where can they find you on Twitter if they want to thank you for for everything that you've done so far? Uh, I think, so correct me if I'm wrong. I think I'm at 
Goldilocks Goldilocks II. That's two letter I's because what's the point of a useful username on Twitter? <laughs> um, but yeah, at gold at Goldilocks the second or at Goldilocks II or at Goldilocks E, depending on how you want to pronounce my uh, Twitter handle. Um, it's horrible how locked into those things people get. Like you make a decision when you're like a teenager and then you just have to live with it forever. <laughs> You can always reinvent yourself. You don't have to be Goldilocks. I am really curious about Goldilocks, like where that came from, though. I used to have really long blonde hair. <sighs> um, and I used to hang out with a, a group of friends. And one of them was called Ellen. She was like, oh, we're like the three bears and you're, you're Goldilocks. Because <laughs> I, I had really long, long blonde hair. That's great. That's too yeah. funny. I love it. All right. Well, we'll call it here. Thank you again so much. I really appreciate the time that you spent with me. It was good to talk with you. I'm looking, are you, are you going to SOT Fest? Can you say for sure if you're going to be going to the to the UK one? I will be there. Yes, looking awesome. forward to seeing everyone again. It was a highlight awesome. last time. So I will, I will be there. Uh, my wife and I will be walking around at some point. Right. Uh, if you, I'm, I'm going to be recording a podcast there. So if you want to come back for that, you're more than welcome to come up to the panel and chat. I don't know how comfortable you'll be in front of a, a bunch of fans who will be listening to every word you you have to say. But uh, I know a live like I'm fine talking about football. See if he makes me sweat, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in the room with you? Are they? Do they have? Are they giving you any looks? I'm afraid I can't turn this camera around and show you. <laughs> uh, okay, that's fair. Everyone's just the eyes of red, just staring. No, it's, it's totally fine. For the listeners, you you may not realize this, but uh, they have the whole the whole sea of thieves like next year's worth of plans like on the whiteboard i can't show any of it so i i apologize in advance but uh there's going to be some cool stuff to look forward to you can you can rest oh, assured if they there. did i would not be allowed in this <laughs> it's not as bad as fire like let's let's be honest james and fire was was the 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 biggest the biggest commotion i think sea of thieves has ever ever had to deal with bless him <laughs> love him he's great All right, folks, that's going to do it for this episode of the Keelhauled Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this interview with George Orton, and I hope that you uh, look forward to future episodes where I get a chance to hopefully talk to more devs. Uh, it is something I always strive to do because I love having a conversation with them about what they do and some of the different things that they've uh, done with the Sea of Thieves in general. So um, be sure to give some love to the devs. If you see George on Twitter, uh, be sure to send him my love as well as uh, the love of the community and the Keelhauled podcast community. Um, Pirates, if you have any questions, concerns you want to share with me, feel free to let me know over on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. Uh, you can always send an email in to C-A-P-T L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com or you can join up on the Discord where we do have the Sherpas who are there to help out with uh, any questions that you might have regarding the game or things that you uh, might want to do that you need help with. Um, they're available there. And uh, shout out to the Gold Hoarders for just being awesome. So that's going to do it, folks. As always, thank you. I love you. And I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves.